I journey through the darkness Through the deepest and the hardest From Michael Tumlin Designs, this is Creatively Brief. I wear the scars like tattoos Every single break and bruise So I know what the cost is I'll go through anything Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome podcaster and print design advocate Dave Hopkins to today's show. Hey, Dave, how are you doing? I am doing swell and a podcast for creatives by creatives. I don't know if I put myself in the creative category, but uh, I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to chat with you. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Uh, you may not. I think you're definitely following the creative field. Uh, and to that end, for people who aren't familiar with any of your work or anything like that, uh, before we jump into any of these bigger questions, could you give us a little bit of insight into sort of yourself, your work, who you are, what you do, and just sort of where you're at right now in your career? Yeah, man. So I don't know what order to sort of lay this all out in, but I'm most noted for the Quickie Podcast. Yep. I've been running the Quickie Podcast for just over a year and a half now, and we've done over 238 interviews of graphic designers. Um, and the extension of the Quickie Podcast led into the Print Design Podcast, um, which then led to Print Design Academy. Um, my career background is over 17 years in the commercial print industry, Mm -hmm. starting from knowing nothing about print and having that experience of walking into the shop for the very first time and seeing all the sights and the smells and sounds and going, what the heck is this stuff? Right. Um, to now having been in there for over 17 years and on the daily helping designers navigate, creating a tangible print experience for their customers, for themselves, um, you know, using print and papers and unique techniques and different things like that. Um, so that's sort of the, the nutshell of, of yeah. where we've gone with this thing. Yeah. You touched on a lot of stuff that we're going to kind of dive into in a little bit here. Uh, but I know like, so one of the things, uh, whenever I was in the design program at my college is mm-hmm. one of, one of the things my professor emphasized was to always have a good relationship with your printer. And mm-hmm. it took a little bit for me to find what I would consider my printer. Uh, and it's actually a place that's on campus, UCF print shop. Uh, I'm sure most of my audience is not anywhere near UCF, but if you are check them out because they're awesome. Um, UCF and, print shop. What? I know. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the big things that I learned from my experience there is like like having a printer, and this is really what my professor said, having a printer that is willing to work with you and like educate you is like one of the most invaluable things in the world. And so I think your sort of like initiative and, and your desire to kind of help educate designers in print and kind of help them understand mm-hmm. how it works um, is something that not only is like a really good cause, but something that I think is important. Cause like in my experience, until I talked to my printer, I like didn't know anything about it at all. So I, I think it's, it's a, it's a good thing to be working on. It is. And print isn't dead. And this is, this is true. Um, you know, what you said about not knowing where to go with print or how to approach yeah. print. That's true for people who have been in the field, into the design field for a number of years. Right. Also true for somebody who just finished a full four-year graphic design degree program. Right. The amount of print training that they received during that program was likely two weeks or less in four years. Yeah. You're not going to learn print in two weeks or less. Like right. There's no way. So a lot of them come out and just go, well, look, I, I'm not going to do print design or even advertise that I can do print design because I just, I don't know where to go with it. I don't know how to start. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it can be overwhelming for sure. Uh, the 
program at UCF, they have a lot of like, they have like screen printing, book binding, a mm-hmm. lot of things where you can kind of get into more like the traditional print things. They're just electives. And if I'm being honest, the handworking stuff has never been something I've been interested in. Um, mm-hmm. But there is a lot to be said for like having something you made kind of come fresh off the print and you look at it and you're like that, like I made that even if I didn't physically make it. Um, there's a lot to be said. Mm-hmm. So I have big respect for printers and, and the processes that y'all go through to make stuff happen. And what's so interesting about that is, you know, there is training out there for screen printing. Like you can take some of those courses, like you said, as electives and things, um, maybe even letterpress and book yeah. binding. But what about offset printing? Like 90% of the print that you interact with on a daily basis is offset printed. But, you know, offset printing doesn't have the same sort of sexy twang that letterpress does or screen print does. But the majority of printed things are printed offset. Right. So I'm trying to like let people know and really educate people about print, offset print specifically, how to approach it. Right. And also how it can benefit them in their design career. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And it's it's good to be educated on those things for sure. Uh, we're definitely, I, I we just jumped in a couple questions down. So we jumped ahead a little bit. Uh, I'll back up here and say, uh, how did you kind of find yourself working in the print field? So you talked about how you were introduced mm-hmm. by walking in for the first time. So what, mm-hmm. what did that look like? What was uh, What was the education? What was the context around sort of your first introduction to it? So I was introduced to print through my ex-girlfriend's dad. And when I say ex-girlfriend's dad, I meant we weren't even together at the time I was introduced to print. It was a really (laughs) weird situation. I'm going to be completely honest there. I've never heard that one in the show before, so that'll be a first. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm glad I could introduce it as a first. But my ex-girlfriend's dad was the largest print customer of a local print shop in our area. Okay. So him and the owner of the print shop had a good relationship. And I guess one time over lunch, they said, hey, we're looking for somebody to hop in and just sort of start the print process with us and and learn along the way. And at the time he knew that I wasn't quite happy where I was. I was just a fork laborer working at a forklift dealer, looking for something else, really actively looking for next steps in my career. Where am I going to go with this? Um, So opportunity came up. I was offered the opportunity, uh, took the opportunity and that experience of walking into the shop for the first time you have this immediate realization that you've been surrounded by what they are producing for your entire life, but you've never noticed. Right. And it's almost like that is the purpose of design. Mm -hmm. Don't notice it. It just smoothly and, and effortlessly interacts with your life. And that's the way that it sort of opened my eyes to, Oh my God, these boxes that I've had, like the cereal boxes I grab every morning, like the, the notepads I write on, like, like everything yeah. was printed. Um, the coffee cup you hold from Starbucks, like that's a printed logo on there. Right. Somebody designed that for that purpose, for that medium. So it's, it, it was this immediate realization that there's so much print in the world. Um, you know, this is 17 years ago and there's still so much print in the world. And it just, you, you don't see it unless yeah. you've touched it before. Yeah. 
I know one of the one of the projects that it, it would be sort of like my moment that would be similar to that was we had this packaging project and uh, it was what we called a sprint where we did it in like mm-hmm. one day. So we got it. Yep. We had one day off and then have it by the next class. And we basically were assigned a random like box, something that's already been made and we had to redesign it. And the yep. purpose of it was to get us ready for a bigger project, but we had to unfold it and then get like the die line and all that. And it was, yep. I remember it kind of clicking. I was like, wow, people like, do this like you have to actually think about how it all interacts and mm-hmm. i think that was one of the first times that kind of realization clicked where it's like all of this stuff is thought out a lot more than you think it is um yeah and and, and it's an interesting kind of like it was one of my favorite projects ever it's an interesting like not rabbit hole but like career choice like i think packaging is awesome it's really cool and when you're getting into packaging um and the same is true for if you're designing a real estate booklet or a catalog or a direct mail piece whatever you're designing yeah. in print you as the designer, you're crafting a brand experience. Right. Something like you can design a really good Instagram ad that looks good and the hierarchy is correct and the message is delivered home, but they can't touch it. They can't smell it. They can't right. build that relationship with it just yeah. through Instagram on your phone. Plus the amount of time, like you're flicking through Instagram like crazy. There's no longevity to that design, that piece in the consumer's mind. Whereas a printed box put in front of them that they're holding and touching, that's got longevity. Yeah. It's got the potential. Like I feel like you look back and and I've had a couple people on the show that kind of they'll talk about how they like to go look at vintage pieces and they'll mm-hmm. pick something else up old. And you look at that and think about like what is vintage and digital? Like, mm-hmm. like, how are you going to go back and see something else that was like 10 years ago? You know, I don't yeah. think you can or like, so I, I think you're right that having the ability to look back and like maybe in 20 years from now, we'll look at 2020 and be like, what were they thinking in design back then? Like, that's so weird. You know, mm-hmm. all those different things and be able to have sort of those, the timeline moments and the checkpoints sort of in design history uh, is really, I, I think it is, it's unique to print. Yeah. And the other thing that print brings to the equation that digital just can't is exclusivity. Yeah. Right. You know, that Instagram ad that you see for half a second, millions of people see that and fly past it. Right. Maybe some of them will take action, but a print piece in your hand, like this is, there's a finite amount of these items that you're holding in your hand. Right. It went through a machine. It was created. Like it wasn't just this digital thing that happened. There was so much more put into it. So it creates this sort of finite exclusivity of whatever it is that you're holding. Yeah, absolutely. So then looking at this uh, like kind of career choice, how you got into printing and all that, Mm -hmm. was there ever a moment that you kind of thought to yourself, maybe design is something I'm interested in? Or have you always just sort of had like, like you've always known that print was it? I've always been interested in design, always. Okay. Um, from a kid trying to draw, never good at that. Um, Me I guess to, to, <laughs> yeah, I guess to sum it up, I've always loved design and being yeah. around design and involved, and I appreciate good design, but I'm not good at it. Yeah. So then when I'm, when I'm creating, wanting to really serve the graphic designer audience, where does my specialty come from? My specialty comes from teaching somebody breaking down walls to allow a designer to get into print fearlessly and confidently. That's where my strong point comes in. Right. If it comes to making something look really good in print, I can talk techniques. I can talk papers. I can talk finishes. I can craft those around the brand. But as far as creating that logo, creating that brand, creating that piece in the, in in design, Mm -hmm. that's not me. That's not my strong point. Yeah. I I realized that really early on that I'm not good at design. 
I appreciate design and I can help design from the other side. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, that's another thing I've talked about a lot on the show is sort of that self-awareness um, to know like what you're good at, what you're not, you know, people talk mm-hmm. about how uh, like my friends will tell me that like my style lends itself to UI UX design, but I look at it, I'm like, I'm just not good at it. So like, I'm not, yeah. not that you shouldn't try if you're not good at it, but like sure. if I've had experiences and it, I don't enjoy the process and I don't feel like it really like, like gets that design itch that I have, you know, then I feel like it's mm-hmm. almost like I got to pursue what I'm passionate about. Otherwise I'm not going to be like the best that I can be. So I think recognizing that is important really to any career, whether it's like creative or not. Yeah, you make a really interesting point about that too. Um, Even if you do not want to become a full-time print designer, if you want to be a brand designer, that's your dream, that's what you're great at, it's what you love, it's what you want to do, that's fantastic. Pursue that. But let me suggest this to you. You should at least understand print. At least know, because what branding is, is you're solving a design problem. And print is a tool to help you solve a design problem. Right. So if you can't, or if you don't understand all of the tools available to you to solve that design problem, can you really solve it to the best of your ability? Yeah. Right. Like you got to know the different avenues that you can go and print might not be a fit for the design problem you're working with. Right. But it it might be. Right. Yeah. I remember uh, one of, I would say one of my earliest, but I think actually probably like my, absolute earliest experience with a printer mm-hmm. um outside of like you know going to staples for school projects and doing like the reports and all that other than that because i spent a lot of time doing that um mm-hmm. i went to like an official print shop and i had this thing where i was i was basically tasked with making coasters that was my project yep. and so my idea i was doing this kind of 50s googie style really like space agey it was a fun design i enjoyed it um but my whole idea was to print this on black yeah. And I remember going in and telling them and they were like, yeah, we can't like, we can't do that. We don't have. And I was like, why? I was like, I yeah. don't understand. Like, just print it. And yeah. I remember when it clicked, I was like, wow, I would have never in a million years thought that. Uh, and then like, and then just like, even in the same instance, there was a communication error and they right. ended up printing like 15 of my brochures that I had, which I made a ridiculous size and that was on me, but they kept printing from the wrong PDF and I kept telling them and I was like, you know, you need to print from this PDF and they kept doing, and then they tried to charge me $250 because they had to print so many. I was like, well, how many times did I tell you that was the wrong PDF? (laughs) Like what? And, and so those kind of things and kind of having it all set up in a way that it's like making it accessible to them. So there is not confusion, Mm -hmm. I think goes both ways. There needs to be communication, but it's something I, I literally never would have thought about. Yeah, and designers hear stories like that where they had to pay an extra 250 bucks or yeah. you know they were charged 50 bucks for extra proofs because they made a change on the, you know they hear stories like that and it almost freaks them out to the point where they don't want to get into print. But it doesn't have to be that scary. It's very right. simple. So in in Print Design Academy, we lay this out in in an order. Like there's a there's a journey that somebody goes from I know nothing about print, I don't know where to start to I can now confidently approach printers, request quotes, spec right. the right papers for jobs. And there's a path. There's a, there's a path that they follow to get that. And it's a specific order. Yeah. And we've laid that out in Print Design Academy. And you said earlier that a relationship with your printer is so important. That we spent an entire module of like eight videos talking about how important that is yeah. and how to build that relationship, how to find the right printer, the questions right. to ask them, um, you know, all these different things that you need to go through to really find out that 
yeah, that, that that's my guy. That's my printer right there. Right. I know. And I think one of the most telling things is whenever, like my printer now, Nikki, she's incredibly helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. When she can kind of like see when something, she looks at it and she's like, I don't like, are you sure that's right? And I'm like, oh, you're right. You got me again. And so like, it's kind of like she understands <laughs> yeah. the work I'm doing. She knows. Um, and like all of the students go there and I always like 100% recommend. And so I think it's, it is important to focus on that relationship, find the people that mm-hmm. fit right. But I think until you know, like that that's something you need to be aware of. It's almost mm-hmm. like, and, and until you know the questions you need to ask, you just don't know. So like you can't know what you don't know. And so I think that's yeah. where Print Design Academy kind of fills a really important hole in the whole design world. Yeah, and, and when we're talking about, you know, branding and having print as a tool in your toolbox, we're not saying you need to be an expert in print, but you should definitely understand it. And right, I had an amazing conversation um, just last week with Bill Gardner from Gardner Design. He's the gentleman behind like all the logo lounge books and that. Okay. Um, and Gardner Design is exclusively branding and rebranding, exclusively. Okay. So one of the questions I asked him, this is for an upcoming episode of the Print Design Podcast, is how does print tie into branding? And his answer is perfect. And I almost don't even want to spoil it, but... <laughs> If you don't want to, I'll drop either way. I'll drop the link down below. Y'all got to check it out. Yeah. I'll I'll just give it a little bit. He goes, he he gives it more of like a five to seven minute explanation, but I'll give you the quick, the quick gist basically says that whether it's something as simple as a business card or an envelope and a letterhead that you're mailing somebody or a thank you card that you're sending for an interaction or a gift or, or business, that is an extension of your brand in a tactile form. If you are having a first interaction with somebody and you hand over this really wimpy business card that you printed at home, it's on, you know, the heaviest weight paper you could get through your printer, which is like 65 pound cover, yeah. which is not very thick when it comes to business cards. What is that business card and that tactile feel saying to the person you just handed that to? Right. Subconsciously, it's saying, yeah, I kind of tried. Right. It's not saying we stand behind our work. We stand behind the product. We pay attention to quality. We pay attention to these experiences. Yeah. And it even says that when we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it and you can trust us. Right. Like there, it's amazing how just the tactile feel of a piece of paper on a business card that you hand over can say all of that to a person subconsciously. Right. But I'll tell you, if, if you have two competing people offering the same product to somebody, yeah. one hands over a flimsy business card, one hands over a rock solid business card, maybe letterpress printed, Yeah, I can tell you 99% of the time who's going to get that business. Yeah. I think that's like a really, it's a good point to bring up. And I think there's like a lack of conversation around that. And mm-hmm. the at least as far in my experience, um, I feel like, you know, we learn how to do the well, I shouldn't even say that. That's not even true. I actually remember my professor coming in. I'm, he's going to be mad at me for saying that. Uh, he came in one day and told us, he said, you guys need to pay attention to how you carry yourselves around campus. Like, yes. like pay attention to the business majors that come in in suit and tie and they're mm-hmm. walking around like they can do anything. And then mm-hmm. look at us in skinny jeans, kind of just slumped over <laughs> doing our thing. He's like, you need to like pay attention. Um, so I shouldn't say he hasn't talked about it, but I think overall, I don't hear a lot of that. And it's an important conversation. Like, I think there's mm-hmm. so much to be said for that. Like you're saying, uh, in getting a job or looking for freelance clients, like all those little details. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think maybe because people think other people aren't designers, they don't uh, understand it and they may not understand what you did to get it or this or that, but like they know quality when they feel it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's important to pay attention to in every aspect of your branding, uh, really any of your work. 
totally. It's used as that, you know, the perception. What is that? What are people going to think when they see me, you know, slumped over in skinny jeans? What are, yeah. they, what are, you, what are people going to think when I hand over a flimsy business card? You know, yeah. thinking about those, those touch points, those experiences, and how can you emphasize them and make them the best they can be in print? Right. Another way to look at it would be um, a story about Nick Miner from Miner Design Co. Uh-huh. Um, he printed, so he's a freelance designer. He wanted some new clients. Um, so rather than doing what most people do, which is packaging up a really nice PDF portfolio and emailing it off to the creative director, mm-hmm. he letterpress printed. He paid, I think it was like 13 or 1400 bucks out of his own money to create this beautiful box, a beautiful letterpress printed label, manufacture his own hot sauce. He bought the bottles. He put all of this together and he mailed that with a postcard on top, just saying a little bit about him and freelance designer and you know just some information on how they can be directed to where his portfolio is or where they can find you know, connect with him to do more business and he mailed that to creative directors not an email not a pdf right he mailed a tangible physical thing so here's a perfect example where you have something digital going to somebody's inbox and they're like a oh, more a sea of pdfs to look through of these portfolios and then you have somebody who mailed something Now this creative director is taking a pause from their day, turning away from their computer to open this package, to to have this print experience, to receive this gift in the most beautiful format. Like who stands out in that? Who's going to win that business? Even if they're a little bit more. Yeah. hundred percent. Like that's how print can be used to help your brand stand out. Yeah, Absolutely. So then I want to shift a little bit towards uh, podcasting. I want, mm-hmm. I want to talk about some of your podcasting experiences. So can sure. you just sort of uh, tell us more generally right now, how did you sort of get into podcasting? Where did the idea come from to start your podcast? Where did the idea for the Quickie podcast come from? Sort of how did mm-hmm. all that come together? So I got really into podcasts um, as soon as I went from a 15-minute commute to work to an hour and a half commute to work. And that's <laughs> that makes not... Sense. That's that. That's each way. That's yeah. not all together. Yeah. So I had a massive commute in front of me, and I got tired of music. Just and yeah. I've always been very entrepreneurial minded. So I just started downloading some business podcasts and yeah. and and just consuming that content. And as I'm driving and consuming this content, I'm starting to put the pieces together in my mind subconsciously of how what they're talking about in online business can help people at scale. And I thought, okay, how, how can I, I love serving graphic designers. I love serving this, this audience. Right. And so from those two things sort of weighing on me and me thinking about them, the most natural way for me to progress and to start helping more designers at scale. And this is before I knew how I was going to help them. Mm-hmm. Just how could I build relationships with designers, build an audience of designers that I could later help with something. Um, and podcasting just because I'd been listening to it, digesting it, understanding the format, learning it, um, just came most naturally to me. So I thought, I'm going to start a podcast. Yeah. I think that's uh, pretty similar to me. I Mine wasn't so much the commute, although my commute increased. I had an internship uh, mm-hmm. that was in, it was in downtown Orlando, and I'm not quite there. I'm in a uh, suburb right down there. And um, it was about 
I mean, the drive itself is like 20 minutes, but with traffic, like 45 minutes to an hour to get into work every day. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be both ways. And then I'd sit in there and I'd be working on different design stuff and all that. And I'd, you know, same as you, I kind of got tired of the music music very quickly. And I said, I got to find something else. So I kind of started the podcasting. I'm like, I don't know about this. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and the more I kind of like got into it, I was like, hey, this is pretty cool. And then I was like, hey, I should do that. Like, it wouldn't be that hard, right? Like, I can figure it out. Um, yeah. And so I kind of got into it. Uh, and, and to that end as well, I was actually, I just redid an ad for one of my episodes. Um, and I re-recorded because I had to change some of the wording. And I was surprised at how far I've come in the short amount of time in podcasting. I was like, that yeah. sounds so much better. I should have done this a long time ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think it's... I don't, for me, honestly, this podcast has been one of my favorite projects I've worked on, like getting to meet people like you, other creatives, like everyone, it's been absolutely incredible. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's people I never would have met if it was not for the podcast, you know? Totally. And that was one of the reasons I, I really wanted to get into it was, you know, first off, I, I have this background where I was in musicals and my original, original career direction was like, I want to be an actor and right. entertain. So thinking of the quickie podcast and why I wanted to start that it was, it was really to entertain and to storytell. Yeah. Like I just needed a, a, an avenue to sort of vent that part of me that just wasn't getting exercised. Right. Um, and then next is how to, is building relationships for some sort of future development of something. Didn't know what at the point at that right. point, but something where I could help serve graphic designers, help them grow their businesses, help to help them do something. Right. Because of all of that entrepreneurial background. And I had uh, been involved in three or four businesses leading up to that. Right. So it's like, I, I've got value here that I could help them with and just trying to navigate where that was going to go. And when I started the podcast, I did not know. I had an <laughs> end goal idea in mind. Yeah. And I knew I'm going to start with a podcast and that starts with episode one. Right. And I have, I've just been figuring it out as I go along from here. Yeah. I think the interesting thing there would be that mine was a little bit different. So I knew I wanted to start a podcast that I'd been playing with it for maybe Mm -hmm. a year, year and a half before I actually did. Um, But mine came from an extension of my design account on Instagram. So I said, Mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to do all this stuff and like, I'm I'm trying to make these designs and put these sort of like micro blogs up and kind of let everyone see my personality. And I was like, I, I just don't think it's translating. So I thought this would be a good way to kind of uh, pivot that and use this as a, as a platform for that. And funny enough, then the more I've gotten into it, it's kind of developed into its own little entity and I'm kind of doing my own thing. And so um, as much as I do hope that some of the people listening are from that Instagram account, I'm kind of really content with this kind of being its own its own kind of avenue and, and it's mm-hmm. expanding into new things for me and I have all these ideas. Um, and it's just like, not the first time, but like, I just, I feel excited about it. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff kind of coming my way. And I just, as always, I just need the time to sit down and do it. So I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> to kind of jump on some of this soon, but, uh, yeah, that, that's very interesting. Um, and, and to that end, so then kind of what are the goals you feel of the quickie podcast where I guess now that you've got more of that, uh, the upfront stuff done, uh, where do you kind of see it moving and, and what is it that you're kind of trying to accomplish in the meantime? Yeah, so I wanted the, I still have the vision of the Quickie Podcast being a a valuable asset and tool for graphic designers in some form. Right. Still haven't quite figured out exactly what that looks like, exactly how that's going to be executed, um, how all that's going to work. So right now, quite honestly, the purpose of the Quickie Podcast is entertainment and storytelling. Like yeah. That's really what we're here for. Yeah. Um, if I can go, I, I don't want to 
you know, there's some big name design podcasts out there who are interviewing big names in graphic design. And that's awesome. There's a place for those people inspired to, you know, lead similar careers to those people. And so it's inspirational to listen to that. But there's also little nuggets of inspiration in every single designer's story. Right. Whether that was a, uh, you know, an immigrant designer who came over here to, to Canada or North America to really go for their career, but their parents back home in India or wherever that is, were like, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer, like going for those prestigious careers. Right. Um, like there's things from their story that are very inspirational, even if they've only been full-time graphic design for three or four years. Right. Like that journey, there's a story there. Yeah. So I just, I, I try my best to pull stories out of people based on their experiences. And I don't have any knowledge of them or their skills before we do the interview. I sort of vet them a little bit to the point where I know that they're a graphic designer. I've seen some of their work. It looks nice. Um, and they've been in the field for at least a couple of years. After that, I just, let's get into story time, man. So yeah. I want to be a podcast for every designer. Yeah. Not just the big names and you look up to inspire to you, but everybody has a story. And this is the every designers podcast. Yeah. You were um, the first person to invite me on a podcast. I remember. Uh, was telling, I really? Yeah, you were. Your first podcast I was ever on. Um, and I remember telling my family and it was like this whole big thing. Cause I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be interviewed. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's your podcast does a really good job at that kind of like talking to a lot of different people. There's a lot of diversity in backgrounds from how people kind of get into it. Um, and I think the print perspective is interesting. I have to be honest when you sent me the questions kind of freaked me out. Cause I was like, I, I don't know a lot about print. I don't. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, what am I going to say to these questions? And I like, I, I had to really think. Um, but I, I, it was, awesome being on the show. And, and, you know, I think now, you know, outside of this episode and some of the other stuff, you know, you and I've been able to kind of talk about podcasting and stuff. Mm -hmm. So again, it speaks to the connections and just sort of like those moments where you don't know how you'll answer like that one question or this or that. I think it's, Mm -hmm. it helps you grow and become better and learn more about yourself, you know? So I think, uh, I think those are important kind of positions to be in. So you pointed out a couple of things in saying that, um, as the quickie podcast was growing and developing, like when I started the quickie, it was, I'm going to be the podcast that produces the most interviews out of any design podcast out there. And that is my niche. So I'm like, I'm going to do episodes 30 minutes or less, Uh and I'm going to go seven days a week. And that's how I started. I did up to 100 episodes in, in that format. 30 ish minutes. Yeah. Um, And you know, when you think of, okay, how long is it going to take to go through these questions? I I don't know, but these are the questions I want to ask. So I like, I ask half the amount of questions now than I did back then. Right. And, and, you know, around the time that I interviewed you, I even, I did have a couple of questions in there about print. Yeah. And that was when I was starting to be like, well, I really love print and I can help people with print. So maybe, maybe this is a conversation I need to start. Right. And, those two or three questions about print in the quickie podcast very quickly got pulled from the quickie podcast and spawned its own podcast because of the feedback I was getting from those questions and people interested in learning more about print. And I thought, well, this isn't the vessel to go deeper in print, but there needs to be a vessel to go deeper in print. Right. Yeah. So it, it evolves. And, and if anybody out there is thinking about starting a podcast, starting a freelance business, not sure where to focus, not sure what to ask, not sure what to do, just guess and start. 
I, because yeah. it evolves along the way, 100%. You know, there was a, a quote that was from Chris Doe, and it's it, like it didn't itself push me to start the podcast. It was already in my head, but I was kind of toying mm-hmm. with it. It was getting close to 2020, and I said, I think this might be the year I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw, I think it was a tweet, maybe an Instagram post, and it said, whatever you do, whatever it is that you want to do, the first one is going to be bad. But until you do the first one, you can't yes. get to the next one. And that that's when it clicked. And I said to myself, that like I'm done. I can't sit on the sidelines and not do this anymore. I want to do it. I'm going to do it. And yeah. now here we are. And like I said, the first one was very bad. I hate when people listen to it, <laughs> but it's out there. And I, I like to think I've gotten a little better at it. Yeah. Okay, dude. I'm so glad you said that because being real honest here, episode number one the very first episode I recorded yeah. was with um, was with Emily, who is my graphic designer for the Quickie and yeah. for a lot of the print design podcast stuff. Um, I still worked her, with her to this day, and she was my first interview. I said, "Look, you're my designer. I need to have you on the show." Yeah, first interview. It is. I haven't listened to it since I recorded it. Yeah, it was a year and a half ago, and it is my number three listened to podcast episode. <laughs> ever out of 228 podcasts yeah number one is the episode 102 parter with aaron draplin part one Uh part two and then hers and i'm like i'm so glad because like she could be a part of that right and and that and that matters to me yeah but and and i guess i'm glad from another point of i guess i did it i started yeah (laughs) i will i'm not gonna listen back to it (laughs) I know. <laughs> I just because I know. one of the excuses I kept making was oh, I didn't have a microphone. My microphone wasn't working, so I I don't want to record it. And, you know, I just kept coming up with reasons why I shouldn't go for it. Right. And finally, I said, you know what? I don't care. Laptop audio, no microphone, no headphones, whatever it is, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. Let's go. And that kicked it off. And once I posted episode one, I needed episode two tomorrow. Right. So I just got to work. Yeah. I know. I think it's, it's that first step can be the hardest step in a lot of different like areas, instances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's, it's like one, like if there's something that has kind of been on your mind for a long time, I think that's like saying like, yes, you need to do this. So I think yep. when, when that's happening, you have to recognize it and say, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm a, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna do it. We'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, exactly. And I have to give big props to Tom Ross from Design Cuts because when I interviewed him on the Quickie Podcast, I had the idea of the Print Design Podcast, the Print Design Academy, but I was stuck doing the same thing. Like, ah, just maybe not right now. Maybe it doesn't feel right. And after our interview, I had a talk with him about it and where I was feeling stuck. And he is like a king at like niching and why you should niche. And here you go. Um, And he said, why aren't you doing it? Like, nobody's doing that in the print space. You have this, the tools, the abilities, the skills, the knowledge to do it. You have the idea to do it. Yeah. Why aren't you doing it? Yeah. And that was like the moment where I was like, okay, Tom, I'm doing it. Yeah. You got me. You, you got me. You pulled it out. You told me I have to do it. So now I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I, and I did. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I started doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. So then kind of looking at everything that you've been through in the podcast, whether it's the quickie podcast, uh, the print design podcast, like whatever mm-hmm. it is, uh, what do you feel has been sort of like the the top one or top three, if you have a couple uh, things that you've learned about design and print in the process? Number one is I love it more than I thought I did. That's a good one. I, I just more and more love it. Yeah. And that excitement just hits new levels 
every day, every time a new paper supplier releases some new papers, every time I hear about a new finishing technique, anytime I see a really well executed duotone photograph on a colored paper. Yeah. Oh, just lights me up. So <laughs> I get more excited about it yeah. than I ever thought I could or would. And that just continues to happen. So that's, that's the number one. Yeah. Um, the second is probably everybody has a story. Yeah. Everybody has a story and there's interesting parts of everybody's story. There's been quickie podcast interviews where I'm getting near the last couple of questions and I'm looking for that that moment of like, oh my gosh, that like mind blowing thing. And then you hit it with one or two questions left. And it's, you know, in every single episode, there's a moment of, are you serious? Really? Yeah. Like there's always something. So I've just been excited about it. Um, What else? God, there's so much. You know what? I'll throw this one in there for that is design related, but also entrepreneurial related and also related to anybody who's on the fence of starting something as an idea and just isn't sure where to go. Yeah. Um, done is better than perfect. Oh, that's, that's, a that's another big thing one that for I've me. learned. Yeah. Done is better than perfect. Yeah. Um, and there has been countless, um, probably literally every step that I go in growth of the print design podcast and print design Academy. There's a moment where I'm like, this isn't what I envision to be like perfect and ticking all of the boxes. Yeah. Does it deliver the message? Yeah. Does it look pretty good? Yeah. Then go. Right. Why spend another few days time on it to get it a couple of percents closer to perfect. Right. When it's really good and delivers the message right now. Yeah. Well, and with with that, what I've learned is that no one cares about those last 2% like you do. Like other people don't know it. They don't know. They don't recognize. Uh, And you, you and I were having a conversation actually before we started recording today's episode about me having other people record audio locally. And I think that's like a perfect Mm. example. Um, For me, it like, when the opportunity arises, I like to take advantage of it. But mm-hmm. you told me that like other people won't notice. And like I know you're right. And yet like part of me still wants to do it. Um, but I, I think it is like especially if I, I mean it really just goes back to exactly what you said. Like you just you have mm-hmm. to get it done. So if one one little something that's gonna make it a little better is gonna stop you from getting it done on time, it's not worth it. No. Yeah. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So those would be the three that, you know, come to mind right away that that I would put out there. Um, And it makes it easy to continue every single day on this trajectory, on this journey. Yeah. um, Because every step of it seems to be really exciting. Even when you're encountering a challenge. Yeah. um, You know, I love approaching the challenge and seeing like, how can I flip this on its head and make it just, make people <laughs> and it, it it sort of goes to one of the things that i go by with the quickie podcast and, and when i say the quickie is also about entertainment i mean like i have a bit of a quirky personality and things yeah. are funny to me that aren't funny to others <laughs> and i don't try and cater to what other people will find funny yeah if i find it's funny or entertaining I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it out there. So I pull random out of context quotes out of the episode. And that is our advertising for podcast episodes. So 
that ties into whenever I'm approaching a challenge or a problem, I, I solve that in the way that I think would solve it right. and also be entertaining and fun to me. Right. Even if it only lands with 30% of other people, I think it's funny and I think it's funny to say and do. So I'm yeah. going to just do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to kind of keep in mind when it's like your own podcast. And that's something that I've kind of grown mm-hmm. uh, more. I, I've, I've worked on being more transparent in my podcast as far as like the fact that I'm still in college, things like that. Like, you know, at mm-hmm. first I was kind of like hesitant because I felt like it would uh, like devalue what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And the more I got into it, the more I was like, I, I really don't care because like that's who I am. And if you've got a problem with it, then like, I don't know. Not not to be like super mean, but like yeah, doesn't, just I don't don't, care. <laughs> don't listen to the podcast, I guess. I mean, I yeah. think we're still having great conversations on the show. And uh I, I just I'm I'm proud of the show and where it's gone and I I've, I've enjoyed every step, just like you were saying. So uh, you know, that's yeah, all I can all ask. Boxes. And I, I think the more you can be real on the show and true to like who you are, like the better it's all gonna go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Print Design Academy and Dave's experience creating educational content. I'll go through anything to get where I want to be. Nothing you throw at me. Hey, everyone. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about an event that I've had the chance to be a part of. As you know, I'm the president of the Graphic Design Student Association at UCF this year. GDSA aims to cultivate a design community on campus that educates and exposes students to the world of graphic design. We strive to open a dialogue about design through a series of discussions, speakers, workshops, and other related events. One of the biggest ways we do that is through our annual design conference, Citraspace. This year, at Citraspace 2020, we're going to have an awesome lineup of speakers, including logo designer and YouTuber Will Patterson, illustrator Hank Washington, and creative agency Purple Rock Scissors. Citraspace 2020 is completely virtual and completely free. That means that anyone in the world can tune in to watch it. Citraspace is this Saturday, October 17th from 11.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure to check out the links down below and get your free ticket to Citraspace 2020 today. I can't wait to see you guys there. Welcome back, everyone. So Dave, I want to talk a little bit more about the Print Design Academy that you've started up. So that I, I think, as far as I understand it, that's a relatively new addition to kind of everything that you're doing. Uh, so can you kind of tell us a little bit about that, what it is, how it came to be, uh, and sort of what the goal is for that? Yeah, man. So like I said, I've got 17 years in the commercial print industry, um, starting from knowing nothing all the way to now, like, like put me in there, coach. I can... I've run presses, I've done finishing, I've seen right. things work, I've seen things fail. Um, I've, I've connected with paper vendors on a, on a really high level. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a lot of this like education, a lot of tools to teach um, to help designers avoid pitfalls of getting into print and um, help guide them on how to select a paper that matches the brand and the brand right. experience you want somebody to have for the particular project and different things like that. So Print Design Academy is newish to sort of the public eye. We've yeah. been in the background in beta since December of last year. Okay. Um, building, playing, trying to get things, you know, aligned and sorted and what do people want and filling in the content and figuring out the flow and, and all that sort of stuff sort of in the background with, um, I think we had about 15 members just to sort of test run everything like that, our founding right. members. Yeah. Um, and then 
the sole goal of it is to break down the walls, the barriers that graphic designers run into when, when thinking or wanting to get into print design. Yeah. And the other part of that, the whole purpose of it too, is to really educate people on how print can be used to create, you know, lifelong experiences that people remember, um, create experiences, tactile experiences that people keep on their coffee table for decades. Right. People share with others. Like imagine receiving a direct mail advertising a new hamburger at your local joint and it smells like bacon, like the direct mail smells like bacon or barbecue. Like that is an incredible experience. And you're going to go to as many people as you run into and go smell this thing. Look at this thing. Yeah. And share that because it's such an unbelievable experience. It's so bizarre and different. And in this digital age where everything is instant and digital we touched on this a little bit earlier where things that are perceived as vintage or classic or this, this real tactile experience in your face yeah. it interrupts you from the monotony of scrolling through whatever you have on your phone and it's living in this digital world and you're pulled out of it into this other element. Right. And print is like the ticket for that. So like right now on the print sales side, I tell customers who are buying print like right now is one of the best times ever to start hitting the physical mailbox of your target audience your demographic your customers yeah because so few companies are doing that it's so easy to stand out yeah and i think uh you know it does really, I feel like we did a good job covering this earlier, but it really is um, everything shifting digitally. And I think now with, you know, everybody's kind of like at home and we're kind of doing all these kind of things with the pandemic and everything. And and I think that's, I had a good conversation on, I'm trying to think, two episodes back, I think, um, that was kind of talking about how we've pivoted in that sense where things are now more than ever kind of going digital. Um, and I think you're right, kind of having that physical anything physical really to send out. I think just the simple fact that it's different than how everyone else is doing it would be enough mm-hmm. to get someone's attention. Now, if you make it high quality and like you were talking about, like add the smells and different things like that to kind of represent the brand the right way. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I feel like that this would be a good time to kind of use that to like its highest potential. Yeah. And, and when you're in this digital world and, you know, I was reading an article just this morning that says, you know, because of the pandemic and because people aren't going out to malls like they would, we're yeah. coming up into that Christmas shopping season. We're saying that e-commerce is going to see such a massive boost in yeah. sales because of the pandemic. So, but you can't forget print even in that process. Right. If you're doing the comparison, imagine a product loosely tossed in a box of styrofoam and shipped from Amazon. Like it's it's going to arrive and there's no experience there. Yes, your product arrived. Yes, it's got a box and a bunch of styrofoam. What are you going to do with that? Right. On the other hand, if you have a really nice crafted packaging experience, an unboxing experience, and you've thought through how a consumer is going to interact and and experience this box this product you can make such a greater impression to justify charging more money or brand um just a positive brand experience yeah uh, brand recognition brand memory increased sales down the line like you can nail that first experience which increases your likelihood of getting another sale yeah 
I think a perfect example of that, you're, you're talking about that and literally it's just screaming Apple at me. Uh, you know, nothing beats when you buy an iPhone and you get to open it up, take the like, you know, not screen protector, but whatever that plastic, it, all those things. Um, and it all fits back to, like you said, like the brand, like if you look at the packaging, it makes sense that it would come from like an Apple store. Like it uh-huh. all feels cohesive. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I think that again is, is the power of print and why those things are important to pay attention to. Cause it all goes back to the overarching brand. Mm-hmm. And people will interact with their iPhones, will interact with their iPads or their MacBook boxes, and they'll open them up and they'll hang on to them. And they go, oh, this was such a cool thing. Oh, look at this great product. But at yeah. the core of that, that's print design. Right. That's print design. Somebody has had a die line in mind. They have created this design. They've figured out what panel gets what content. Right. They've print designed that experience. Yeah, And that can be done for booklets. That can be done for direct mail. That can be done for business cards. That thought process in creating a printed experience can be done for every touch point of a business from first interaction to product delivery, everything. Yeah, absolutely. So then looking at the Print Design Academy, what mediums does it all live in? So I know you've got the podcast that you said mm-hmm. kind of is addressing that. And then you've got the, uh, the the course itself that I think is a video course, if I understand correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. wh- what all kind of is going into that right now? What different mediums, yeah. what different like aspects? So to be completely transparent about the whole thing, Print Design Academy is a paid membership site. If you want yeah. to be a part of it and access that information within Print Design Academy, where we are going deep in print design and answering any questions you would have had related to files, related to paper, related to branding and how paper aligns with that, how to find a printer, how to build a swatch book collection, proofing and the liabilities of proofing, how to request a quote from a printer. Um, All these aspects of print, Print Design Academy goes really deep in that. But my sole goal with all of this stuff and the podcasting with my journey and where I want designers to be looking is just doing more print. Whether they're a customer of Print Design Academy, whether they're a member with us or not, do more print. So I want to have my my paid content where I can really invest the time to go deep with these designers who want deeper, greater learning about this. But also the designer who's not ready for that or just wants to start dabbling in print or it's just early and not sure if it's right for them. Yeah. I want to generate as much free content as I can so that they can start having some of those questions answered. We're not going to go as deep as we do within the Print Design Academy. Right. But you can at least get started with the free content. So Print Design Podcast is there and that gives you a behind the scenes look on how designers who have done print got to doing print behind the scenes decisions on a specific project from paper selection to finishing selection, why, how many were produced, what, what it costs to produce, because that's another thing that a lot of designers kind of are shocked at. Yeah. If you want to go offset print and you want 2,500 brochures, that might be $800. Yeah. And like as a freelance designer, just getting going, like thinking about spending $800 on print, like that's like, holy geez, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So talking through the finances of print and why it matters and the ROI on print and different things like that. Um, we do on a free level through the podcast and through, uh, some of the free stuff that we put out through the website. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, there's a spot to go deeper with print design Academy. So 
And when you join Print Design Academy, you get four and a half hours of what we call core content. Yeah. That takes you down the journey of going from, I know nothing about print, all the way to, I'm a print designer. I can go. Right. And then beyond that, we upload weekly content that goes deeper in those topics, whether it's file, whether it's paper, whether it's, um, you know, a live recording of how do we pick a paper for this particular brand and this design problem we're solving, all things like that. Yeah. No, and I think kind of to the conversation we were having earlier and you you brought up how people can go through college as a graphic design major and never Mm -hmm. really get this introduction. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's something that I feel like, like, it would be good to have at least one like required class that talks about all of this. So when you look mm-hmm. at it from that perspective, you know, paying for something like, like it's, it's an invaluable thing to know in your career. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that, uh, you know, you have this free content out there that can get them like, like, I guess, give them sort of like a foot in the water. See, okay, is this something for me yep. uh, is more than you could say for college because I get in and I'm told what to take <laughs> and I just fly with it and I have to pay it. So, yeah. uh, you know, I look at that and it's, it's, a hundred percent, like it's a valuable resource. It's something that I think uh, more designers should be exposed to. And I think having it in a format like this, it's a lot more accessible than, mm-hmm. you know, having to go ask a printer um, like directly kind of thing. I think that's, that's important. And it's, it's really, really awesome. Yeah. And we've done our homework on this. Like there's, there's colleges out there that offer a weekend class to train you on print design, the same stuff that we produce in print design academy the same thing we train you on with print design academy right but it's at a certain spot a location that you need to go to it's also obscenely more expensive most of them are in the eighteen hundred dollars to twenty four hundred dollars for a weekend of training in print design and when you're digesting that amount of information in a weekend you're bound to forget stuff yeah so we understand that and we've created Print Design Academy the core content so that it's easy to access down the line. Like think of it this way, like when you're in martial arts and you know, they've got patterns and different things that you got to remember. Yeah. Even if you're a black belt, you're still doing the original patterns. You're still revisiting the holes. Yeah. You're still practicing the basics and the entry level stuff. Yeah. You're still revisiting the core stuff. Um, so that's what we're about. We want to make sure that you go through it but it's always there for you to access. You can search it. You can dive directly into the question you have. Maybe you come across a a branding account where you're now asked to select the paper for a project. Oh, geez, I can't quite remember how to do that. Yeah. Well, it's all right there for you. It's all easy to access. So Print Design Academy is 37 bucks a month. So even over a full year of membership, it's 400 bucks or something like that. Yeah. Around that, you can cover the cost of that membership with one print design project. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And we Sig- talk about ways to cover the cost of that too. Yeah. Significantly uh, cheaper than a college course or like that weekend. Dang, you're going to have to take like student loans out for a weekend. My goodness, that's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so then what do you kind of feel uh, podcasting, uh, working on these video courses, all the sort of things that you've kind mm-hmm. of pursued over your time doing like creating this content. Uh, what do you feel all is that has, all of that has taught you from a business perspective? From a business perspective, um, you don't know what you don't know. And I already know that the core content there and as incredible as it is, and as in depth as it is, I know that at some point we will get member feedback because they encountered a question that we haven't answered. Right. So being 
understanding and open that we've done like we've done a massive brain dump into this core content and structured it in a way that takes the member on a journey. Right. Now we just have to know and expect that there is a better way to do this journey. There's improvements we can make. We might just not see them yet. Right. So creating, whether it's a podcast, whether it's an online course, creating it to be the best it can be right now because it helps somebody get them from point A to point B knowing and being okay with the feedback that this could, there may be improvements that we could do along the way of this. And so I fully expect to have to re-record it all in eight months. Yeah. Once we get to a point where like, okay, now we see how to do this better. We see how to train this better. We see the questions that are coming from this module. Right. So now we can better address those questions. Yeah. I think it's about, you know, when you, when you start these things, whether you're creating content for yourself or for others. So like for my mm-hmm. design account, um, if somebody doesn't like a design, it's kind of like, that's okay. Cause it's my design. Uh, mm-hmm. but for creatively brief, if somebody says, you know, I don't feel like you're covering like this one aspect of design or something like that. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. This is more to serve the audience. So in that case, then it would be more relevant to kind of be Address. So I think when you approach it with that perspective that things are going to shift, things are going to change, um, it makes it easier and you get less attached to the final product and more able to pivot in those situations. Yep. We want to make print as approachable as possible. Yeah. And if a customer or a member comes back to us and says, hey, I think this could be said this way or this could be taught yeah. in this way, 100% we're open to that. We love that kind of stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. So kind of to that end, talking about Print Design Academy, uh, you've got a challenge coming up, something that you are kind of posing to uh, your audience there. So can you tell us a little bit about that and how everyone can get involved in that? Yeah, man. So the challenge is just a, we were really thinking about what's a fun way to introduce print design to designers at scale. Yeah. Um, So the way that we've done this is we've created this challenge. So the way it's all going to work is it's called the color bar challenge and okay. the color bar obviously tying into print because print has color bars uh, that the pressman uses. Um, but the color bar for us is a fictional bar and cocktail lounge that we've created. Um, okay. So we created a creative a brief for this project. We've yeah. created um, some copy for this project. We've created photo assets for this project and designers will be signing up from all over the world. We've got a number of um, incredible designers that we're going to be working with over the next week or so on promotion of the challenge. Okay. And we're all going to meet in a Facebook group with the same assets, the same brief, the same information. Everybody will have the same. Yeah. And over five days, the challenge is five days, you will be taken, uh, showing each day a different training on how to prepare something to in your file to be print ready. So first one, for example, will be InDesign document setup. Here's how to set up your document with print in mind. Right. Uh, the second one might be photos. We're now, you know, when you're bringing your photos in, here's what you need to know about photos and setting up your file for print success, setting your photos up for print success. Yeah. Um, and different things like that over the five days. Then we'll ask that the finished brochures be packaged up and emailed to us. We're going to review them. And then we're going to go live with training and, and finding, you know, this person did this one really great, um, except we just missed this, this image here is still RGB and wasn't converted to CMYK. So right. just remember that when you're doing your designs. Um, 
in all of different different pieces like that where you have to learn to go from I don't know how to set up my file to print to the end right. of the challenge at the end of the five days, you're gonna know how to do it. Right. That sounds like an awesome way to kind of get your feet in the water, kind of start this process. Uh, yeah. to be able to like do it over a set period of time that it's almost like it, it challenges the the people that are participating, right? So you're not used to this. You're learning something for the mm-hmm. next five days, gives them a clear objective and timeline. And then mm-hmm. like I think the the like ability to get that feedback. So you can see your thing and be like, okay, so that's what I did wrong. I think those, it's almost like kind of taking you back to like a a more traditional school setting where you have those critiques. Um, And and I think that's like really productive, especially for people that are already out and aren't getting that. Um, I think that's a really good way to kind of like break it down, make it easy and, and help them understand it and learn it. Yeah, we have some awesome designers already participating and we are, we've got a bunch of prizes from like Mohawk Paper and Pantone. Like we've yeah. got some awesome prizes to give away for people who are participating and feedback. And, you know, we're wanting to build this community around this challenge where people right. can help each other and, you know, constructive criticism back and forth and advice and things like that, that designers, um, you know, are, are looking for when yeah. they're creating something. And the other unique angle I think about it is we have some big name designers and illustrators that are going to be participating in this. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see you have the same information, creative brief, creative content and everything for this project that they do. Yeah. How, what are the, how do they look in the end? What yeah. are the differences? You know, and not comparing from whose is better, but just out of a curiosity, like what do theirs look? Yeah. Or what's the variety of designs that you could receive? Right. Each designer's individual style when you've all been given the same creative brief, the same goal of solving this design problem using the medium of print, this brochure design. Right. Yeah, there was a, you know, there's a, a couple assignments we had in school where it was the same kind of thing where we all had one creative brief. We all had one end product we were supposed mm-hmm. to kind of create and uh, kind of like what you're saying. It was really interesting to see um, like the different approaches to it. Uh, and I'll, I'll give this quick little story as we're kind of wrapping up today. But mm-hmm. I uh, I decided, okay, I've always had an issue where I asked too many questions. At the end of my junior year, I'm very like, like I liked math when I was in school. I'm very like, I like to have a solid firm answer. So this whole like Mm -hmm. design thing and not having one answer kind of really threw me when I first got into my program. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of my junior year, my professor says, Michael, you have got to stop asking so many questions. Like you need to just go do (laughs) so. And I remember being like a little offended. I was like, Victor, I can't believe you said that to me. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, no, you're right. That's, that's a good point. So I approached senior year saying, you know what, at this point, it's like time for me to be like finishing up my education. I need to be better. So this, this project comes up, we're designing an ad for Heinz. Um, and it had already been designed. He said, please don't look it up. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, and it's all about sustainability. And you know, our, our bottles are made from plants and we're given the copy brief, everything. And I look at it and I say, I know everyone is going to do a plant. I'm not going to do a plant. I'm going to do something completely different. So I do something completely different. I'm proud of it. We're going in alphabetical order. My name is Tumlin. So I have, I'm at the bottom and I'm waiting. I'm just, I'm I'm itching to get up for the critique. And he basically tells me, yeah, you missed it on this one. And I was like, oh, you're (laughs) kidding me. He told me, he said it was like, uh, what do you say? He said, it's a good idea, but given the brief, it didn't fit. So it's one of those, but I, I still look at it and think back, like that was one of my favorite projects. Cause I was like, at least I did something different. Cause when everyone mm-hmm. opened it, 
everyone had plants everywhere. And I was like, yep. see, I didn't, I didn't want to be like that. So yep. even though I missed it, I think it was, uh, it was a good learning experience for me. And it, it set me up to not get so caught up in like the grade or this or that. Um, so that's kind of my side story to that, which derailed the conversation a little bit, but I feel like it's a good story to tell. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a great time because you know, when, when you have a, a group of designers and in terms of this challenge, it's going to be a pretty freaking large group. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm hoping to get into the thousands of designers from all over yeah. the world participating in this challenge. Um, everybody's going to have the exact same content at the start point. Yeah. Where are people going to take it? And built into this are a couple of sort of stretch mini challenges because we haven't established brand colors for this brand, for this bar. We haven't established decor for this bar. We haven't yeah. established those items. Like this is an exercise of here's the brief and the problem we want to solve. Yeah. But you as the designer have complete creative freedom and to make suggestions from menu items to funny names for them to really unique things and have a chance to flex your personality and your creativity. Yeah. Um, and we, and we really want to encourage that. So um, I think this episode will go up sometime mid October. The challenge actually kicks off on the 25th of October. Perfect. So you'll be able to sign up any from the 18th of October to the 25th, the sort of the sign up window. Perfect. And then challenge kicks off on the 25th with a welcome party where we're going to talk print and, you know, go, we're going to be Facebook live and talk in print and showing some examples of really beautiful bottles from craft distilleries and some craft beer stuff and talking about how these printed items were created and what went into creating them. Right. Um, all the way through. And then the challenge ends um, on the 30th and the brochure review is on the 31st. So we're going to do a virtual Halloween costume party along with a sort of a live brochure review or brochure yeah. judging. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And like I've said, links to that as well as like everything else, it'll be in the podcast notes. So make sure you guys check it out, get involved. That sounds like a really, really fun, awesome educational, like just perfect project to be working on. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll be um, fun. And unfortunately, a number of designers have some time on their hands right now. And yeah. we thought, you know what, let's give them this, this creative problem solving exercise and just have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. So to kind of wrap things up, if you had one piece of advice for a young designer or printer, what would it be? Done is better than perfect. Yep. It's a good I think, one. I think I have to go back to that because that yeah. can be, you know, that ties into designs, print decisions, all of that done is better than perfect. Now, when you're dabbling in print, um, finding an educational resource to learn print is a great spot. Of course, there's Print Design Academy that you could do that. But if you're not going to go through Print Design Academy, still get started with print design. Yeah. Like just start small so that the risks are little. Start with, you know, experimenting with 50 bucks in a bunch of different business card designs from Vistaprint to see how they turn out. Right. Start small and risk small before you start getting into bigger print designs. So you can just start learning the process. Um, and the other piece I'll quickly throw in here for designers um, who want to get into print, if you're not part of Print Design Academy, and even if you are, still go to or a print shop. If you haven't had yeah. the opportunity to do that, phone a local printer, say, I'm, I'm looking at getting into print design. I'd love to come around and have a look to see what you guys do and specialize in and try and set that up. It might be tough to do right now with COVID, but still yeah. worth trying. 
Yeah. Because that, that hour of a tour, half an hour of a walkthrough to see the equipment, to walk away with some print samples, things like that, you will learn so much. Yeah. So those would be sort of the, the top things that I would suggest to somebody. Yeah. To get started. Absolutely. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up today's show, but where can everyone find your work, Dave? Uh, I would say you could listen to the quickie podcast and you can find that on Instagram at the quickie, the quickie at the quickie podcast. I think it is Um, Uh, podcast. Yeah. It's got that at the the quickie podcast. Then also dabble when in the print design podcast, you can find that Apple iTunes, Spotify, all all the places. And then print design Academy, you can go to printdesignacademy.com, but also at print design underscore Academy on Instagram and it all kind of ties together. Perfect. Awesome. And as I've mentioned multiple times, all the links to all that will be down below. Um, not quite sure how we'll link uh, podcasts. I think you have a link tree, so maybe I'll drop da- that down there. Uh, but y'all check it out. Uh, get plugged into that, especially if you enjoy this podcast. I think that's a great way to go because while it's similar with uh, you know the design slant, it, it dives into print where I haven't done that as much here. Um, so I think that's definitely, it, it's worth checking out. It's a great resource, great thing to be listening to. Uh, so go check that out. Check out all of his Instagram, all the social media. Uh, and I just want to give a big thank you, Dave, for meeting with me today, kind of sitting down and having this conversation. Oh, thank you for making the time. This has been awesome. I love talking print anytime I can. And designers, creatives, just start doing print because going from that digital on-screen design to then holding it in your hand and the way that different papers can interact with the design to bring a new element to that experience, it, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you to everyone else for joining me for today's episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode, but until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Cheers. Cheers.